Welcome to episode 52 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, we totally <laughs> forgot to talk about the one-year anniversary of the podcast. Chris, last happy one-year yeah. anniversary. <laughs> I mean, for us, this is right. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's on, we, we, on our timeline. It's, it's a correct one-year anniversary. For you, the listener... Right? No, no, I'm well, off. I'm still wrong. Yeah, no, no. But I, I think that it was most... very, it's very fitting of us that we would like forget to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because obviously uh, we're recording this on the seventh. The fifth was the 25 year anniversary of Batman animated series, the yes. premiere. Uh, that was also when we launched our podcast one year ago. Um, both of those things we forgot to talk about, even though our podcast actually dropped on that exact day. Well done. Well, us. it's fine. We were so focused on a 50th anniversary. That's true. We we were so focused on some other bit of self-congratulation. We yeah. forgot to do this one, too. There's only so much self-congratulation that we can do before no. we just get too heady. Yeah. And we're basically already there. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there was, like, tons of cool articles and stuff that were getting thrown around about the, the show. Yeah. The actual show, not our I mean, our, it would have been really show. great if we, like, capitalized on that and maybe did some stuff. But, I, I, tried you know, to, I tried to post a few things here and there. I kind of forgot about it. I was, that's I was very fine. Was busy this week. Uh, yeah. But, no, I mean, 25 years of Batman animated series. I know. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, that was a good show. Like, yeah, we already know that. It was. If you yeah. want to know more about it, we have this podcast. We have this podcast, yeah. And I'll, I'll try and maybe put some stuff up on, like, Twitter and Facebook about some of the, the cool articles and stuff. Um. Yeah, but uh, I also forgot that I had to look up news, so I just looked it up right now. I no Batman related news. Uh, I do have some more Titans casting news though. Ooh, and you're gonna you're Please gonna appreciate this. So, uh, do you know the characters Hawk and Dove? I do. Yeah, so they're gonna be in it. They're in a few um, episodes of JLU. Yes. So also part of the the brightest night or brightest day series. That's where I first learned about them. What's the brightest? Oh, uh, was that Green the, Lantern. Oh, yeah, my right. my first big comic series was Blackest Night series that ran in i want to say late 20 or you know like 2008 2009 ish yeah it was followed up by brightest day where they brought back uh 12 i want to say 12 heroes Mm -hmm. and uh hawk and dove were two of them oh well there you go well uh they've cast them both (gasps) Ooh. yeah so i'm not familiar with tell me more who's minka kelly she was she's cast as dove why does the name sound familiar she's on friday night lights apparently but i don't know what else she did it's um, not Taylor Kish. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the be- more exciting one, Alan Richson is going to be Hawk. Um, Thad. <gasps> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. What a, what a day. Oh, he, what a dream. He, he is awesome. Uh, Rose from the depths of Atlantis as Aquaman, and now he's worked his way to tier D. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, for <gasps> Thad Castle, Thad, oh, I'm yeah. so excited. Um, Blue Mountain State, for um, probably a lot of people who haven't seen it, is so good. It's actually really, really funny. Like, it's better than it should be. Absolutely. I would think, yeah. Oh, man. This started off as a raunchy comedy that, like, was on Spike. It was, like, on Spike. To give you some perspective on where isn't it was placed. it, like, loosely based off of, like, the college football days of Josh Duhamel, right? Isn't something like that? I, I think so. That I sounds think something about like right. that. Um, it's actually really it's damn funny. so good. And, I mean, the, the best character in it is Alan Richardson's Thad, who is just this completely over-the-top ridiculous human being who's known for eating cereal for breakfast with a martini mm-hmm. i've tried it. it's not good and what, what's his his drink of choice is a it's not a mimosa it's a 
I don't remember. I, I can't it's remember been such either. a long time. I've watched the movie yet either, which I got to go do at some oh, point. Oh, it's, it's very average. Okay, I, as I assumed it would be. Yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, you know, like this is actually shaping up to be maybe a decent show, and one of us is we've already established going to have to get the streaming service for you know, uh, justice. So. I'm so tired of streaming shit right now, Chris. I know. We're going to work this into a segue because we have an update for you on oh. Disney's. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if you had more news, but I'm just going mean, to shoehorn myself right bit, in no, here. No, no, that's fine. I, I love the, the forced acknowledged segue. Yeah. Um, we, have, we have an update on Disney's um, streaming service that's going to come out in 2019, and they have confirmed that they are going to take – that is going to be the sole place for all Marvel and Star Wars movies. So yeah. no word on – I mean, that was still, like, up in the air if it was just Disney movies or if it was going to extend to the other two properties. Yeah. It's not been confirmed. Yes, but they just said movies, so I don't know what's going to happen with. Um, I, I'm sure Clone Wars, which I think is the last, the, some of the last remnants of Disney on Netflix. I'm sure that'll be pulled off. That'll soon. move over eventually. Yeah. Um, and my only, I'm I'm still just wondering about the Netflix originals. Yeah, I don't know. Because um, when's the Disney streaming service launching? 2019. 2019. I don't know if we. So we're going to be probably. Either well in the middle of phase two or almost done with phase two by that point. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how much longer they're going to go. I, I mean, I actually so I'll get to it in, in bat plugs. I finally did watch the defenders. Um, mm. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the things I've been reading is um, like Netflix finally released some of their like actual like viewer information basically, and they were talking about the fact that very few people have watched all of the shows. Oh wow. Yeah, that's interesting. That they like, I think a lot of people would discover like Jessica Jones first, and then that might get them. But like, the they always kind of we assume like, oh, okay, well Luke Cage shows up in Jessica Jones, and then that would get people to segue from her show over to his own mm. show. But it didn't work that way. Like the I think it was too long of a gap. Yeah, that was the longest break, right? Oh, there was a really long gap there. Yeah, so that, like was they, almost, that was either that was just about a year I between those pretty, two. Yeah, shows. Yeah, pretty good good amount of time. So I think they're. The flow from one show to the next is not as uh, definitive as everyone would have thought it was. So it'd be interesting to see if they actually end up doing a Defenders again, because that was like, an experiment for them. Like, will this actually work? And I, we don't really know if it did or not. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe they won't be having those shows by then. What I've been I wondering off of. Uh, what I've been wondering is what kind of state is Netflix going to be in after all of these kind of lesser streaming services pop up and kind of inevit- inevitably fail? Because mm. aside from Disney starting to pull all their stuff, uh, I found out last night that Viacom is starting to pull their stuff. All of the Nickelodeon shows have just been removed from Amazon, which was heartbreaking because that oh, means no. Avatar is now gone. Oh, no. I and I know watch- that I watched that series way too often, and I own it on DVD. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. I was going to watch it. It's all gone now. Oh, no. Including Danny Phantom and Rugrats and all of the, you know, all the good stuff. I don't know about Hulu yet. Um, well, I mean, a lot of their stuff got pulled from... Uh, I don't know about old stuff, but, like, their deal with Hulu ended a while ago, so, like, that's why, um, like, all the Comedy Central shows stopped showing up on Hulu. Mm-hmm. New episodes, at least. Yeah. And I know they had a deal with South Park that I don't know if that's still Uh Well, the, the thing with South up. Park is Trey Parker and Matt Stone uh, have, they retained rights, like, stream, um, internet streaming rights. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know what kind of state that's going to be in for now. Uh, which will be interesting because the new season starts back up in two weeks, yeah. which just kind of came completely out of the blue. Which oh, is yeah. I'm still way behind on it. Um, so, yeah, so don't, Brandon, uh, say hi. Hey, everybody. 
buddy. That's my roommate, Brandon. Yeah, you are way behind on South Park. Yeah, I know. Especially after the last season, it just took it to another level. I know. I'll get, I'll get there eventually. I won't, though. Yeah. I really member? won't. I member. Member? <laughs> I member. Member? Is this something I should know? Yeah. Damn it. The, the member berries. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, like, what is going to... Can Netflix support itself on original content right now? Um, I don't know. Because, I mean, they have, they have a few hit shows. Like, obviously, everyone cares about House of Cards and Orange is the yeah. New Black. Um, but that's kind of it for their big recurring stuff. Like, I don't know what's going to happen I, yeah. when those two shows stop. I mean, they, they've been definitely putting their money towards original programming and away mm-hmm. from um, maintaining licenses at this point. Absolutely. And so. we also see that with Amazon. Yeah. Um, but... We also know that Netflix is what, like twenty million or something like two billion dollars in the hole right now. Oh, they're spending crazy amounts of money. Yeah. So when they lose, start to lose all these properties and everyone starts to make their own stuff, because also we saw DC. I think we mentioned last week DC is no longer on Netflix as well. It's just the Batman is left. Oh shit! You no, know, that's right. Never mind. The Batman was also pulled. It ended on September first. Yeah, because they take all the the Justice stuff off. There. Yeah. So now the only thing is the CW shows are left. There's yeah. no more animated Ugh. DC shows left on Netflix uh, or well, anywhere. They, it's so well, frustrating. They're, they're still on Amazon. Uh, just just the Timverse stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's just Batman and Superman. Yeah, I don't know if Justice League is on there, it's actually. It's not. Oh, no. Yeah. Neither. I don't think Beyond is either. The, oh, shit. Well, yeah. I have it all on DVD. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, it's, it's a very hard time to be a cartoon fanatic right now because everything is getting pulled. Oh, my God. How are you going to survive? I don't know. This, like, this past week has been so boring of me just trying to find new shows and nothing clicking. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Kim. Which is fine. I I'm just so need, to, need to broaden my taste a bit, I guess. Yeah. Maybe we should try watching good shit. No. Actually, no. That was mean. You know what? Hang no, on. No, no, no. That was mean. I appreciate that criticism. You have good criticism. taste in cartoons. Like, you have shit taste in a lot of things. But your cartoon taste is generally pretty solid. I mean, it's just because I watch everything. That's true, actually. I just yeah. know <laughs> what to talk about. Nothing good. slips through. Right. So. I mean, I can obviously talk a whole episode about Super Duper Sumos from 2003, but I won't. Fuck I can talk sake. about Cat, Scra- Cat Scratch, but I won't. Oh, my God. I can talk about Michael and Og, which I continuously bring up because no one... I just want to have a conversation with someone about Michael and Og. What? Mike Lewin Og was a Cartoon Network series from 2001 to 2003 about a New York girl named Mike who washes up on an island with like very prim- primitive technology. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I'm wrong about the year, but it's around there. Are you, are you just used to this point now? This dumb, just completely like yes, ridiculous look at my face all the time. Just like what? And it's like, not just what? you though; it's everyone. Oh, I remember Mike Lewinog, kind of. Yeah. I, remember, I remember the. I remember you remember it. me talking about it because I no. bring it up so often. I don't think you've ever brought it up before. Actually, that's why I was really confused. That's I even brought it up when we were at the, the Cartoon Network after party at Comic Con. I even brought it up to them. And no one there could talk about it with me either. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I definitely can't talk about it with you. I can you. talk about Jalen Showdown. I can talk about Winter Lucha. Which I we would can like talk, about talk about Superman. <laughs> no, Chris. No. <laughs> uh, but before we do that, I do want to go over a quick <laughs> interview. Uh, since it was the 25th anniversary. Oh, right. We, uh, there was a really interesting interview with Kevin Nolan, uh, <laughs> who was a freelance artist brought in to do a lot of the character designs for BTOS. Mm-hmm. And it was really awesome to see his perspective and to see kind of the initial sketches of all of these villains. Because a lot of them were kind of perfect right out of the, ba- like right yeah, out of the bag. Um, I haven't read the full interview. My friend Jeb posted it on my Facebook page. And I looked at the, some of the sketches. They're mm-hmm. really cool. The, the Batman one is hilarious because he just looks so like tired. You just... <laughs> 
he has like this weird neck angle where he just looks so like just bored and tired of saving Gotham all the time. You know, it just starts to weigh on you. Yeah, it looks like a cartoon script or yeah. cartoon. Oh yeah, he's like hunched over. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. He's like, oh my god, oh. the same shit again. Right, but we also know that uh, uh, Nolan was responsible for. Uh, Killer Croc's design. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at right now. Like, yeah, the Man Bat and the Killer Croc are, like, spot on. The Penguin changed a lot as of the Riddler. Yeah. Um, his Robin's pretty good. Oh, his, oh, this is cool. So, like, his his Catwoman became, like, the second ger- iteration of the Catwoman yeah. with the full black suit. Oh, what? Yeah. So, like, we we see that he was very kind of responsible for a lot of the looks of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was awesome to hear about where he pulled his inspiration. There was this artist in the 60s named Mobius Okay. Uh, if you remember, I plugged this a few months ago. Oh. But he wrote World of Adina. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and Mobius was also oh. taught by uh, uh, Hager, uh, Hager what, what's his name? Herge. Uh, Herge, thank yeah. you. The guy who did Tintin. Mm-hmm. So you can definitely see that kind of, that line oh, of style yeah. pulled through uh, the Batman sketches. You're right. Looking at like these, these sketches here, um, yeah, you, this is almost like the missing link between like, Hergé and the animated series style. Yeah. Oh, that's so it's cool. really cool. Yeah. And reading his kind of description of the characters has matches up very similarly to what um, Mobius talks about with his characters. And that was, that was a really cool kind of parallel. All right. Well, I'll definitely have to, to post this one then on, a, on our various <clears throat> platforms for people to look at because it's really cool. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Ah. Now I'm done. Now you're done. Now we can talk about Superman. Now we can talk about <laughs> Superman. If you really want. <laughs> I mean, I... This is going to sound meaner than it intends to be. Are you enjoying these episodes? Uh, I enjoyed the first one more. The second one, I think, is the worst episode so far. It's not... Yeah, it's not great. I don't know. It. There are cool ideas here, but I feel like there's a formula at play here, maybe more so than there was in Batman Animated Series, or maybe I'm just less forgiving of it here than I was then. But like, I feel like basically what happens every episode is... Some sort of situation is going on. We see that they have, like, some big, crazy death machine. We have set the stakes high. Like, oh, this is tough enough that Superman won't be able to just beat it really quickly. He shows up, gets phased for, like, a second, destroys it really quickly. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely that setup right now. I'm, I wish they played more into the intellectual side of it. Because with, with yeah. Batman, we did have both villains. We had the brute villains... With like Clayface and Killer Croc, and then we had the intellectual villains with Clock mm-hmm. King and Riddler. So we got that mix-up of <clears throat> of kind of villain. Yeah. Uh, right now, I feel like they're still setting up everything that they're not like pushing their big players, or they're not really pushing any players yeah. into like a powerful position because they're setting. They're still just it's all set up. And actually, what you said just made me realize too, because I, I was thinking <clears throat> today about the fact that. Like Superman is, I feel like kind of the only superhero with a really well-established um, like supporting cast. Like in Batman, you basically always have Alfred in some iteration, right? But you don't necessarily mm-hmm. always have Robin. You don't necessarily always have Commissioner Gordon. And these other things you always have Alfred. Superman, you pretty much have to have Lois, um, more or less like Jimmy Perry, the Daily Planet, one or two of his parents, Lex Luthor. You have all these people around him. But I, what I just realized now is in Batman, Batman gets to talk to Alfred. 
mm-hmm. about what's going on. So like his challenges, like figuring out the the case, were often mental. He had someone to like a sounding board. Superman mm-hmm. doesn't have anyone, I guess. Right? He doesn't have anyone to talk to about what he's doing. So he's just doing things, but he's not necessarily musing about what's happening. Right. And I feel like, oh. especially in these two episodes, we had no Lois. Like mm-hmm. Lois is the closest he gets. Yeah. Where he talks as Clark to her. Because I brought this up uh, two-ish weeks ago, I want to say, where Lois is basically the Bruce. Yeah. And they haven't played off of that since since then. No. Where she's the one that gets to kind of move the story along because she has all the connections. And mm-hmm. she's, she's the journalist. Yeah. So it makes sense for her to be on scene and to also be researching this stuff. Yeah. Whereas now, thing happens, Superman isn't there bad thing is about to happen and superman is there yeah and that that's especially these two episodes that was very heavy-handed well, and especially because they introduce dan turpin and maggie Sawyer from like i guess with special crimes you know mm-hmm. whatever the scu so they are like yeah like the foremost like the place. worst cops i've ever seen yeah they're not they're not particularly great yeah cause, so the, the beginning of tools of the trade <laughs> the first episode it's um basically the Bruno Mannheim has sent some of his henchmen in a tank to go and rob like a gold exchange and superman shows up and beats the shit out of the tank and uh, I love it too because like Dan is like sensitive to the fact to go with Dan Turpin he does, like doesn't like the fact that Superman's yeah. doing his job for him. I mean him. he's he's kind of a bullock. He's kind of like yeah, bullock in this series a little bit where he's very you know short tempered, doesn't really like to play by the rules. No renegade cop. Yeah doesn't play by anyone's it's a loose rules. unit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> just goes in guns blazing yeah. wherever he goes. Yeah. I mean I because I like Maggie Sawyer a lot and. Dan, oh, you haven't seen any of this. I've not. Okay, yeah. So these these are all new people to me. Yeah, he he has a big role later on to play. Okay. Um, but yeah, I obviously love like Maggie. She pops up in tons of stuff. But yeah, so in, in this we Bruno Mannheim like doesn't have the right kind of equipment. So this guy shows up, Canto. Canto. Yep. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I got these cool toys for you. And I love when they're doing they're doing the test, and they like shoot a laser at a safe and it melts. And the guy's like, oh my god, that's melting like cheap margarine. I'm like, very specific <laughs> why would you just say butter like no it has to be margarine specifically but yes i mean this was the age when i can't believe it's not butter was becoming popular that's and they just true didn't want to play into that yeah. campaign oh man such a huge deal back in the day i i hope they were trying to get that sponsor <laughs> and one of the villains would be like I, it's like melting like butter and it's, it's like, not butter i was like wow i can't believe it's not butter <laughs> and they'd all just like pan to the camera and i'll like smile i'll smile and wink papa mentos maybe get a good idea going yeah. <laughs> have a slow coke oh my god just the slowest the slowest drink possible yeah label out maybe maybe pepsi this was yeah. the 90s they, they were true. still yeah. contenders pepsi was back trying then. real real hard back yeah. then yeah oh, they're still losing that battle mm-hmm. um but yeah so the the guys go and test out all their new the newfound toys uh on a train i don't even remember what they were robbing it doesn't really matter does it there's nothing no. important um, very very poorly constructed train and kind of yeah train set train tracks yeah there, there is kind of a cool moment though because uh like clark is walking through the daily planet and like lois is racing off to go get into an elevator and be like oh like i gotta get down like someone's attacking this this train and an elevator is being worked on like so it's just an open elevator shaft and like clark just kind of casually like drops down into it and then swoops out through the door in the bottom yeah it's a cool little moment yeah but like I, again <laughs> lois has like three lines in this episode yeah. they're in the very beginning where they're in the parked car yeah, and, she and she's like, off. I'm going to figure this out on my own. And then she runs. And then same, the exact same scene, or same setup, same situation, that's the word, uh, where she's like, oh, something's happening. I got to go see what's happening. Yeah. It's like, no, you 
you can give so much more context. Like, talk about Mannheim a little bit. Give some story. Give some kind of background to him because right now he's just the flat villain. Yeah, he's very generic. Like even, I mean, maybe not Thorn, but even the Batman gangsters had a little bit of history to them. Oh yeah, like Cromwell. Cromwell. <laughs> That's not his name. It's not actually Cromwell. That's why we just continued to call him. Yeah, I know. I, I do. I do see what you mean. Yeah, it's it's a little. Uh, there's, I feel like there's good stuff in here, but the episodes themselves, I, I don't find super engaging. Like, I find myself tuning out during the battle sequences and taking fewer notes just because they're just, it's just a generic fight scene or Superman piece of shit out of some robot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was uh, happily caught off guard with the the like plasma hands or whatever they are. Oh yeah, it's like you you wear these gloves and then it projects, not unlike like a Constru- like a Green Lantern construct. He's yeah, like, it's very much a Green Lantern. I think that's why I liked it so much. This probably makes this, sense. This yeah. Green Lantern construct. It was also, there's a, a Star Fox villain named Andros. Oh, I remember that. <clears throat> yeah, from Star Fox 64. Reminded me a lot of him, too. Yeah. Uh, so wasn't he literally just like the two giant set of hands? He was like a monkey's head with two floating hands. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just only vaguely recall little, little snippets. Yeah. Mm. Imagine like a 64-bit 1960s Planet of the Apes head. With okay. two floating hands. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Z- Dr. Zayas's head, to be more specific. Because <laughs> he's the only one of the eighth person I can remember right now. Yeah. Hey, that's pretty good, though. Yeah. So, do a barrel I, I mean, I only remember because of um, The Simpsons did the Planet of the Apes musical Oh, joke. Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas. Dr. Dr. Zayas. I'll never forget his name now. <laughs> when they said his name in the War of the Planet, I think they said it in War of the Planet of the Apes. They said something. I think they said his name. There's not a Dr. Zayas in that. Maybe I was expecting there to be, not yeah. just seeing that through the entire No, because they, they referenced Nova, which was the oh, girl okay. from the original, but I don't think there's a Dr. Zayas ever. There's Maurice. <clears throat> Maurice. Good old Maurice. Um, um, you know, the, the hands, so when they're robbing the train, I thought he was going to, like, stop it with the gloves. Yeah, and that would make more sense. He's, like, smashed it. Yeah, he just broke the, mm-hmm. the elevated train platform. And then the, the train had, like, no like bad damage it just kind of slid down and stopped yeah, just, on the could, ground i'm surprised people didn't just really walk off and like oh okay well yeah you know uh but they yeah they steal something i forget what they, what Superman they steal. comes yeah. i assume money yeah probably gold yeah. and oh, how do they oh he gets electrocuted because i made a note about that because i love it when superman gets electrocuted because it's one of the few ways to slow him down yeah so he um he's fighting one of the villains and the villain shoots like a, like an electric tower. Oh, that's right. Has shoots him that. into the electric tower. Yeah. He has to pick it up. Oh, that's right. Picking up from taking out another train. Yeah. Yeah. Trains right around the corner. Yeah. And so they get, they Bruce get Tim loves his trains. It's yeah. And then the, it's the press are like giving Dan shit about, I know it's Maggie's like, Oh, I want to bring Superman in officially. He's like, no, this is my collar. And he's like being this total little petulant child about the whole thing. Mm hmm. Um, so then he goes off to figure, he like hands in his badge. Not really. Yeah. To go figure it out for himself. He goes to Mannheim's house and, uh, oh, so it must've been a surprise for you when the boom tube opened. Okay. That, that's the word. Yeah. I kept calling it a Zeta tube. That no, doesn't exist yet. Right. What is that? A, is that part of this universe? I don't think that comes in until like the late two thousands in comics. I could be wrong. Someone please correct me. Okay. Uh, but Zeta Zeta technology is what they use in Young Justice. That's all I remember. Oh, okay, yeah. And this, but they also still call it boom tubes. Yeah, the boom. Yeah, the, the mother box opens the boom tubes to apocalypse. Yeah. So that's what this guy 
is. Mm-hmm. So, so you probably weren't expecting that, huh? Because you don't. I was not. I didn't know Kanto was a, a, a god. Yeah. A oh. new god of apocalypse. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's obviously there testing out some equipment here to see if. Uh, if it'll beat Superman. Know, it'll, be, it'll beat Superman. So. Um, so he, he drops off one more weapon. You know, he said it's going to stop whoever you shoot it with. Oh, yeah. And so they use it on Superman and it's like. And it doesn't fa- stop him. Phases him <laughs> slightly. It. Yeah. yeah. Like we said at the beginning, that's the problem. It'll phase him, it'll slow him down for a minute, Yep. and then it'll stop him. Yeah. There, there was one more cool shot in there where uh, like they're in the warehouse, and it's really dark, and Superman uses his heat vision. Mm. I, think, I think he destroys the gun, right? With yeah, heat, that heat was vision. awesome. And he's just standing there. It's, it's literally just a still shot of him standing there with the glowing red eyes like, mm. in shadow. That's... They, they did a, a lot of shots with him in shadow in this episode, because even in the beginning when he breaks into the tank... Do um, you have the view from the kind of the, the criminal? Oh, right, them looking out. Yeah, and and him in silhouette. Very, yeah, yeah. So they do, they do very some good. Backlit. They do some good shots in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just like in my mind they were missing drawing Batman. It's so like, there's like we just, just miss shadows. We just, we just do some. Can we, can we just have him in in, yeah. in the corner for a minute? I know a little red sky maybe going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but basically they they break up Mannheim's ring and. Kanto goes to take a boom tube back home and Bruno sneaks in after him and then he's walking along the pits of apocalypse and we meet dark side. We meet dark side. Yeah. I, I also love that they, uh, they finally got Kanto in his like comic accurate costume. Oh yeah. The very like, like, like Renaissance fair. Super ridiculous looking. Cause I, I looked him up. So there's anything interesting about him that there's little bits and pieces, not much, but like, yeah, I mean, that's what his, his comic costume looks he like. He looks very much like, um, uh, uh, God, who, who has the, the rings, the infinity rings after Thanos? Thanos, no, after Thanos loses the gauntlet, there's another story about the infinity rings and it's, they tease him at the end of Adam Strange, Adam Warlock. Oh, Adam Warlock. Thank you. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Adam okay. Strange is also DC. Okay. Yeah. I can see that there. Yeah. There's some. Yeah. He looks similar to Adam Warlock. Yeah. I, I looked him up to see if there's anything interesting about him. Uh, not much. He's actually mostly a Mr. Miracle villain, which kind of makes sense because Mr. Yeah, Miracle yeah, yeah. is all based off of Apocalypse. But his, his quote unquote origin is like kind of ridiculous. So he's like a, an assassin. He's a weapons expert. Um, but his original name wasn't Kanto. It was Eluthan. And there was another assassin named Kanto. Okay. So Eluthan tries to steal weapons from Kanto. Uh, and when he gets caught, he gets sent to Renaissance-era Earth as punishment. So mind you, he didn't, his punishment was getting caught, not trying to steal something, right? Um, and when he's there, he like, falls in love with this girl. But then Kanto comes and kills her. But then Ethulin defeats him in battle. And then Darkseid kills him because he's like, you fucked up. Yeah. And now then that guy becomes the new Kanto. And so when he goes back to the dark or apocalypse, like, oh, I'm going to dress like a Renaissance guy. Because why the fuck not? Why not? Yeah. Kind of ridiculous. Um, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense they would have chosen him for this episode, though, because, like, he is a weapon specialist. Yeah. So did you like that this was how they were trying to set up Darkseid? Uh, kind of. It, it, was, it was very similar to how they set up Roz. And, oh, I guess it but was. But the Raw's episode was just better. Yeah, it kind of was better, yeah. Even though it was a Count Vertigo episode, it was still better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we did have Talia, and Talia does, does carry that episode a lot. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it was interesting. It was, like, like I said, it's, they didn't really try something new. No. Because it is just a rescript of Raw's. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that they're planting these seeds along the way, right? It's like they had that... Mm-hmm. that not quite post credit sting at the end of the pilot with Brainiac and like we're, we're they're dropping hints along the way they're building to larger stories. 
Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not finding the individual episodes on this quite as good. And, and maybe part of that is it's a just, it's a different creative staff behind it at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, you get Paul Dini coming in doing a few episodes like the pilot and like the, the Lobo episodes where he's so great with character and with dialogue. But I thought a lot of the rest of it is, is kind of generic. Yeah. And we, I, I brought up this question at the beginning of the series of why is Batman so much more, is, so, is, like, is so much better received now, seeing as we did just have a big celebration for the 20, 25th anniversary. Why does everyone remember that show and still talk about that show and not talk about this show? And I think we're starting to see why. Yeah, because I, I think this is a little bit more forgettable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's riding off of the success of the previous show, but it's not, as of yet, it's not doing things to then push itself into new, cool, interesting spaces. Right. And if I recall, it gets better as we go along, and certainly by the time we like, bring Batman back in, we have the new Batman Adventures, those overlap stories, those get pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, this is, this is kind of the, the dead period for a lot of people, because everyone... Obviously remembers Btos. Everyone mm-hmm. obviously remembers Beyond. Yeah, uh. and then J- Justice League and JLU. Yeah. So like these, this series and the next series are mostly forgotten by general audiences. Yeah, I'd say so. So it's nice to kind of see why. Yeah. Or we're starting to see why. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember when is it season? Because this these are the last two episodes of season one. I'm trying to remember okay. if um, it's season. Two or season three? I think it might be season two, actually, that um, Batman comes back. I mean, let me attempt to bring up my schedule here. Um, but any other things to talk about on this guy, or should we uh, mention our sponsor this week? Uh, we, what was the one little note that I found? Um, the drawing of um, Turpin is supposed to resemble Jack Kirby. I don't know oh, if you saw that. That makes sense. He looked a little, more, a little bit more like Scorsese to me, but... You know, yeah, he's got this this big old eyebrows. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, um, oh yeah, because I looked up who who does the voice of it. So um, it's Joseph. Well, I mean, it's spelled like Bologna. I don't think his last name is actually pronounced Bologna, but like Joseph Bologna was the uh, the voice of Dan. I if you like see the picture of him, you'll recognize him. He's popped up in tons of stuff. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I couldn't like off the top of my head. I can't him, place him anywhere. Place him specifically. Um, oh, he's a voice in Ice Age: The Meltdown. That's like an Alpha's Oh, no, that guy. It. I know that guy. Um, whatever. Uh, uh, but did you happen to realize who the voice of Maggie Sawyer is? I did not. So it's Joanna Cassidy, who's been in a number of things, including a Blade Runner. But she was also Dolores. In Who Framed Roger Rabbit? <gasps> Dolores. Yeah. I so, love that movie. Oh god, I know. It's so spectacular. It's so good. Yeah. But I you know, I'm I'm glad they brought them in though. Yeah. This I I also did read this is the episode that introduces, besides the pilot, introduces the most new elements into Superman. Oh, it makes it's sense. It's the yeah. first time we kind of see Inner Gang. Mm-hmm. Uh because we also know that Inner Gang is responsible for uh Toy Man. They're the oh, ones that killed... Yeah, Bruno Mannheim was in that episode, but I don't think they actually ever mentioned the group inner gang then, right? Right. Yeah. I think they might mention that later, and I just read ahead. Yeah. Maybe. I don't remember. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Spoilers for a 20-year-old cartoon. Yeah. So it's our first appearance of inner gang, our first appearance of um, SCU, uh, which I, I had to look up because I couldn't remember what that acronym was. It's the special crime unit. Okay. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Turpin and Sawyer... 
and then Apocalypse and uh, Darkseid. So yeah. like, we have a lot to look forward to from this episode. Yeah, this almost felt like it was designed to be the finale, like the season finale. Yeah. Like, that's a, it's a bigger moment ending on Dark Side than it is ending on Parasite laughing in a cell, which that we'll, was we'll get such... to in the next episode. But <sighs> What's our sponsor, Chris? Uh, our sponsor this week, <laughs> you want to get to it, I can tell. It's uh, This American Lie. Oh, Micah. Yeah, exactly. Micah and Jordan. And so it's the idea of um, like This American Life, but a spoof on that where they do like a fully improvised hour of quote-unquote like NPR uh, conversation. So here's the plug for that. Have you ever been listening to NPR and thought to yourself, gosh, I love the human interest aspect, the dulcet voices of the hosts, the promise of totes, but I just hate how true it all is. That's where we come in. It's This American Lie, an hour of improvised NPR. We're a lot like that other show, but we make it all up in front of a live audience every second Saturday at the Nerdist School stage. Find show and ticket information at NerdistSchool.com or catch the podcast on the Nerdist School Network. Search for us on iTunes. Wow. <laughs> so I do my best Owen Wilson impersonation. Wow. 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 That's good. Did yeah. you did you watch the, the lightsaber video? I did. I couldn't watch loved it for very it. long. Oh, it's the same thing it. over and over again. But I don't care. Yeah. I could watch that for, for hours. For those of you who haven't seen it, they just replaced all the lightsaber sound effects with Owen Wilson going, wow. It's so good. It's really good. There's like a four-minute version. Like a full... It's the full... The first one was the Phantom Menace scene. Yeah. And they just did... Um, Dooku versus Anakin from episode three. Oh, okay. It's yeah. so good. It's so ridiculous. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, so now we're on to Two's a Crowd. The, the reappearance <sighs> yeah. of Parasite. Um, I got excited. Like, when, when, when they're like, I know someone that can, that can help us with this. I'm like... Oh, this is awesome. Parasite's going to come back. But then I also had this idea. Do we deserve a villain coming back already? Because um, we had, in, in Batman, we obviously had Harley come back as a, as a good person. Yeah. They teased Poison Ivy being a good person, and then all, you know, at the end being evil. Like, I, I think so. But this was deep into season two at that point. We'd, we'd had a few episodes of these villains by that point. I feel point. like we had repeat villains. Well, I mean, season one of Batman was. 65 episodes, that's one thing. But, I mean, I feel like we were getting repeat villains pretty quickly on, even... No, not repeat, but transitioning them to good guys. See, I don't know if I would go so far as even to say he was transitioning to a good guy, because, like, the way they portray him more in this is that he is just kind of a slacker. Yeah. Right? Like, even when they go in to ask him for, for help, he just wants TV. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have these big, grand, malicious plans, really, in place. He just... He's just like, whatever. He's just doing his own thing. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a it's an interesting idea. I mean, the the overall plot here is basically that there's this other villain who has a, a bomb hidden somewhere um, in the city. Yeah, Earl something Graves or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and former he gets Star Garver. Labs. Yeah, former yeah. Star Labs. Wait, he gets basically knocked unconscious when Superman tries to apprehend him, and they have to find the bomb. So they bring in Parasite to just touch the guy and get his memories. But he overabsorbs Garver and like. Garver's this kind was of stupid, Chris. This was so well, stupid. It's kind of dumb, but that's also actually an element of Parasite's character. Like I, I th- is it? I, I think right. I mentioned I'll, it I'll in let his, it, his uh, introduction. I think it's a clever idea, um, and I think it's interesting to have the two kind of wrestling. It's 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 interesting, but it is also really stupid. I, 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 okay with acknowledging that. I yeah. feel very like what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, not oh, I can't. Like I, disappointed. I, no, no, it's 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 on me. Annoyed because I usually love Whimsical. these. 
these plots. Like, like the, uh, in a lot of cartoons, there's a lot of like the astro projection bullshit. Yeah. Where someone will leave their body and enter the mind of someone else, and they'll they'll fight over control. Yeah. And like, I generally enjoy that storyline. Mm-hmm. In Jackie Chan Adventures specifically, there's. Do you remember that show? Yeah. Uh, there's the talismans. The sheep talisman is the astro projection talisman. Yeah. Uh, Jade goes into people's minds. I love those stories. I think they're so fun and fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then like all the Dead Man episodes of 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 um, Brave Justice? and the Bold. Oh, Brave and the Bold. Okay, and yeah. yeah, and is he in Young Justice? I don't think so. Maybe oh, in one. I don't know. I don't, I don't think remember. So. He's in one episode of uh, JLU, right? Uh, Am I wrong? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because doesn't he? He jumps, isn't he? Doesn't he jump into Batman's body and then shoot someone? That sounds about right. Yeah, because then, like, when he comes back out, like, Batman is really fucking pissed. Yeah. I don't remember anything else about that episode. I don't know. I don't remember which episode he's that is. He's in a good number of, he's in a good number of, he's a great character. Uh, Brave and the Bull episodes. Yeah. Okay. But I love those. And this was just so dumb. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. And I don't know. <sighs> It disappointed, Chris. Chris, okay. Chris, I'm disappointed. You're allowed to be disappointed, Cameron. It's okay. But we'll get on to better episodes eventually. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm done. I quit the podcast. Yeah. One year. I'm out. <laughs> you, were, you had you on one this year. This was this was one it. One year contract. This was the last yeah, straw, Chris. It's just me, me talking to myself now for uh-huh. the whole rest of the time. I feel like you're constantly threatening to quit. <laughs> it's gonna be my. It's gonna be my thing. Yeah. I love, we're, we're far enough into this now that there's less effort to continue than it is to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. You know, um, Earl has a bomb in the city. He wants $50 million because a greedy piece of shit. Yeah. Never start that high, Ed, Ed, Ed Earl. Uh, yeah. There, there, there's a lot of things in this that were just kind of, like, even right from the beginning, it was kind of silly. Like, they're, they're storming into his house, and, like, so they drive, like, the battering ram tank into it, and it just crumples because the whole house is in free and forest. That's kind of clever. I, I was expecting, but... like, like, a Looney Tunes sound effect. Yeah, wah, When you wah, see it, wah, like, cause yeah. it's like a, like a, I don't want to say a flaccid penis, but that's but what it But it looks like, a, like an elephant trunk at that yeah, point. That, that's like, the, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a better Let's analogy. Let's go with that instead. <laughs> um, but I, I love the, so the, the battering ram doesn't work, and so they're just going to, Fire bullets, just general like standard issue bullets. In the like bank. I said, the SCU does nothing. No, they don't really do anything. I so. understand why all the media makes fun of them for just letting Superman handle it. Yeah, because Superman shows up and he goes in and handles it, and so he he eventually works his way into this this house and he goes upstairs to confront Garver or whatever Earl. Yeah, Ed seems this, less threatening. This like Earl. massive machine press like drops down from the ceiling. Where was that? Because mind you, like. From the outside, that was like a one-story house with maybe like a pitched roof. Mm-hmm. Superman goes inside. The other guy is already upstairs, and then somehow there's room for about like twenty feet of mechanical press above that. Yeah, you know, it's the magic house. Yeah, and like, why? Why would you think that was a good idea? Like, what? I think this is part of my problem too. Is that there's so many things that are in these episodes that feel like they were written in there just because it's Superman. Yeah, but it's like. In, in Batman, it always felt organic to the characters, organic to the world. And here, it's like, there's no reason for him to have a giant machine press in the ceiling of his house, except for the fact that someday Superman might stand right there. Yeah. And even then, it's not really going to kill him. Well, I mean, I think it's it's this version... Oh, hello, helicopter. I'll wait for that to pass. It's this series' utility belt. Like, with Batman, he always had the right thing to get out of the situation. Yeah. With Superman, and I also, I'm, I'm trying to give them a little bit of, you know, 
oh, a, a little bit of support where Superman, I don't think he himself knows the extent of his power. So when he's sharing, because okay, he, we know that this is a Star Labs, a former Star Labs employee, mm-hmm. which is why he knows that he can't see through lead. Yeah. I, don't, I don't expect that to be just general knowledge at this point. I didn't even think about that. It's a good point. Yeah. That's the reason he would know that. Um, and I think that from what he saw while he was at Star Labs working with Superman, he thinks this is the extent of Superman's strength. Yeah, I guess. And so it's the same with Batman. They think that's all he has in his utility belt. Yeah. But it's not. He has, you know, X still there. Yeah. Superman still can go that much stronger because he doesn't know the extent of his power. So it's, you know, it's, it's that whole setup where, like, you can't beat what you don't know. That's dumb. Yeah. That's not where I wanted to end that comment. But it's probably I don't know. End it's, it. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like it works very well. He breaks out of the machine. When he pushes it up through the ceiling, a cable comes and just Bitch slaps his Earl into a concussion. <laughs> yeah, and sets off this whole crazy plot line. Um, I feel like, does much else really happen? Like, uh, like, no. Okay, so I did have one question for you. So, because when we last saw Parasite, so you guys don't have to worry about being super quiet. We're, like, super laid back about the podcast. I'm constantly, like, getting up and leaving in the middle of it. So, it's okay. Howdy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Have fun, guys. Oh, we get Yogi. Come here, buddy. This is really exciting for you guys. I'm like calling my roommate's dog, but he's adorable and I love him. Anyways, um, so when we last left Parasite, he was comatose and he had remembered Superman and Clark, like the secret entity there. Yeah. So when we meet him again now, he's conscious again. Um, and he just has forgotten about Superman? I, think something he don't, I just don't think he cares about anything anymore. I guess. And, I mean, they do kind of explain that he, I mean, he's obviously he loses powers over time. Maybe the same thing, he also loses memories. Maybe. It's possible. I don't really know how that works. I just thought that was kind of odd. Um, they didn't really bother to address that at all. Um, but, yeah, like, Garver and, and Rudy are kind of constantly battling that, and Garver's like, oh, like, here, if you, like, if we work together on this, we can actually get more done, because he's, like, far more maniacal than Rudy, who's just yeah. kind of like, eh, whatever, I just want to do my thing. Um, I do love it too. So Garver, he sends Superman to go find the, the bomb, which is in the, the bowels of a sunken ship out in the harbor. Hey bud. Um, what? Yeah. Excuse, that was... excuse just to introduce Superman's diving suit. I think so. I did love those colors though. Yeah. And I remember that was an actual toy. I don't, was it I, I didn't good? have that one. I had the, I had the space suit toy. I didn't have the, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the um, diving suit toy, but it's, yeah, so, it's he... so ridiculous. Because you get down there, and obviously the bomb's not there. But also, I love that the ship just starts, like, capsizing for no reason whatsoever. Right. I was expecting, like, honestly, I wanted a shark. I don't know why I wanted a shark, but I just really wanted a shark point, at that point. I'm surprised there wasn't one. Like, yeah. There absolutely should have been Even one down like, there. Even if it's, like, a robotic shark. Yeah. Like, that's, that's honestly what I wanted. I wanted... Because you see everything start to shift and move, and you're not sure what's happening. You see the boxes fall over first. Yeah. And I, I was hoping something was going to be behind it. Yeah, there's no reason for the whole thing to start falling apart like that. Which yeah. Which is kind of stupid. And also, it's very hard to make underwater slow motion movement. Exciting. Like, not just exciting, but feel a threat, especially when there's no music playing behind it. Like, that's yeah. what I caught myself wondering is, like, what am I listening to? Because yeah. you don't hear a song until Superman saves Sawyer. Yeah. And that gets kind of a, a good moment. Like, grabs her and, like, shoots out of the water super fast. But, yeah, I mean... I, uh, I'm always talking about the James Bond in podcast, but they're constantly complaining about the Bond movies where he goes like scuba diving. 
Like, it's like Thunderball is like super boring because like the whole climax is just like guys' masks getting ripped off and hoses getting cut. And then <laughs> and uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, like this exact same thing happens. Like they go to a sunken ship and then just randomly start sinking because it has to like they have to do something to add tension that moment. Yeah. Because there's nothing otherwise there. Mm-hmm. Also, does Superman really need to be in a, a diving suit? I mean, I guess if he can't breathe in space, he can't breathe underwater. But he can like hold his breath. I mean, I guess if he had to communicate, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But I feel like even when we like get Aquaman and we get that sort of stuff in Justice League, I think they just do like a little like mask. They don't do yeah. a full fucking diving suit anymore. But I did love those colors. It's like a nice black, purple, and yellow it's really, suit. It's so it's, it's so, so cool. It looks so like, a, the like time. a Burger King toy. It really does though. And I loved it. There probably is a Burger King toy out there of it. I'm, I'm sure. sure there was from back in the day. Um, but yeah, so eventually like Rudy es- escapes they merge minds. They merge minds, and, and he, he gets he escapes strength. Yeah, I, I don't dumb. know. Dumb, Chris. It's, it's this is so dumb. so dumb. I know. So they go out to like some like weird abandoned subway station. There's a big ass hole because Superman has to throw the bomb down there. <laughs> so dumb. Because apparently it was going to do a lot of damage up on the surface, but somehow throwing it down a hole makes it do less damage. Exactly. How did Superman know that this wasn't like some kind of architectural like? Yeah, holding point for the city. Well, and my whole thing. This is a bomb that can blow up a, a square mile. Yeah, and why didn't why didn't he just fly it out of there? Right. Like this is the thing I don't like. He the, Superman can move so fast. I so I my thinking out of that was that Parasite did drain some of his power at that point, so he couldn't like reach his full speed. And get out of there in time. But I meant even. But he also had two fucking minutes left. I meant even when he first shows up and finds the bomb, like so he goes and disarms it. Like if I were him, I would go in, literally grab it, and fly out of there as fast as possible, like pass, fast, as, as fast as possible. possibly can. I don't think he and just throw it into space. Yeah, yeah. I think he was trying to be. I mean, he's a Boy Scout, obviously. Yeah. So he drops the money, the fifty million dollars. Oh yeah. Um, drops the money and then. While he's doing this, Parasite is kind of over a, a speaker, which also doesn't make sense because he's just under the like, just like under a single layer of dirt. Dirt, I know. It's it's uh, this is dumb. It's, People, this is a dumb episode. It's a dumb episode, and then of course, eventually, like Rudy fights back and like regains control and gets knocked out, and then Garver gra- grapple whatever the fuck his name is goes back to prison, and the whole episode ends with Rudy. I can't talk. It's because you we're talk. frustrated. You talk instead. Um, there's. Uh, so Parasite's in the ground as Superman goes oh, to deactivate to go the details. bombs. It's all I'm, shit. <laughs> I'm going to go over this. People understand why I'm frustrated. Oh, Parasite God. is just under... Like, Superman is standing on top of Parasite. Yeah. Um, he grabs his hand, starts to absorb his power. Superman kind of stops him. They have a little, a, a little tussle. Yeah. Um, so w- what I don't understand is... So the white parts of Parasite's costume I, skin... I, I think... Is it... Is it implied he can only absorb through his hands? It looks like it. Yeah. It seems like it. Okay. I, I, th- I think that's it. I think that's, like, the idea here. I don't think that's always the case with Parasite. I know. Yogi's getting, getting real excited with one of his toys over there. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just, I guess it's just it, was, it, was, it was interesting. Yeah. So then, yeah, Superman grabs the bomb, throws it down the hole. Um, and, like, basically... Parasite gets knocked out, basically, by the explosion. Yeah. Because he gets caught in the blast. And this was, this was another thing that really upset me. And that's why I'm bringing this point up. Uh, Superman and Parasite fall into the hole. Uh, Parasite has taken enough of Superman's powers that I don't think he can fly anymore. Yeah, but neither can Superman anymore. And yeah, that's right. And he, n- neither of them have enough strength to fly. Superman sees Parasite is beneath him. 
And he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to save myself. It's, it's yeah, very much odd. the Nora situation again. Yeah. He always saves people. That's his yeah, whole thing. That's his like, thing. Like, it's, like that, that is the character flaw that would put him in situations like this, is that he would go to save someone when he really should save himself and like, not get his powers absorbed. It was kind of odd. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. dumb episode. It ends, what you're trying to say, it ends with Earl being carted off to jail, and we see Parasite watching his TV. He got his TV. It's all he really wanted was TV. And that's where they decided to end the first season of Superman was on <sighs> it's Parasite like laughing Ending at on the fucking werewolf episode. Yeah, it's pretty much it. Um, I figured we weren't going to go into details on Dark Side this time. We'll wait for like a full episode on him. I did do a little research on uh, Dan Turpin and Maggie Sawyer, though. Okay. Uh, Please enlighten me. There's actually, like, I thought Dan would be a more major character in the comics. He's really not. Like, the only thing I found that's kind of interesting about him was uh, he was originally introduced in the 40s as a character named Brooklyn, who's like a boy commando or something like that. Okay. And then later retconned to be named Dan Turpin, and then he became like a cop in the 70s. So when he was originally created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, and then Jack Kirby later reintroduced him as Dan Turpin. Like, I, I thought he would have, like, some major story arcs, stuff like that. There's some little things, but nothing particularly interesting, um, other than he always had romantic feelings for Maggie Sawyer, but that didn't work out because she's a lesbian. So uh, Who knew? Yeah. I mean, most people knew that. I didn't. You didn't know that about her? I did not. Yeah, well, because one of her most famous story arcs is uh, she dates Batwoman and the Batwoman oh. run. And I've actually read that run. It's really, really good. Like, it's amazing. Um, it's the run by J.H. Uh, Williams and um, W. Hayden Blackman. The problem, though, is they left before they got a chance to really end it properly. Um, they basically like left one issue before everything got wrapped up. So because uh, so in the comic, Maggie and Kate Kane, Batwoman, get engaged, um, but then DC wouldn't let them get married, and they said it was because like superheroes aren't supposed to have happy lives. I, I I remember this drama going on in the world. Yeah, um, just kind of a dumb thing. Like that can. Like, one of the best parts of that story was that, like, they were in, like, a real relationship. Um, and that, you know, Maggie was trying to find a way to make it work, even though, you know, her, you know, fiancé was off out every night mm-hmm. beating the shit out of criminals and being in danger and stuff. So it just kind of sucks, because, like, literally it ends this... Their last issue ends in this, like, really badass moment where basically Batwoman is going to, like, fight Batman. Like, it's been running along to get to this point where she's, like, going to do what she has to. Um, and then they left, and so I've heard that it's not even worth picking up like the next comic to figure out oh, what happens because it's just a it's a real it's, a, it's just a let, total letdown. Because um, this was right before New Fifty Two, right? Uh, no, this was uh, after. This, oh, okay. Uh, no, this was part of the New Fifty Two. Okay. They introduced her prior to that, and then they kept her around and gave her her own solo series. Because I remember when the LGBT was like really upset with DC. Because the first issue of New 52, we learned that God, yes. Alan Scott is gay. Yeah, so they... they and his uh, boyfriend had just proposed, and then the next page is a giant explosion. I know. And the, and the fiancé died. Oh, I forgot about that. I just yeah. remember... Immediately. That, I just remember people being like, why the hell would you pick Alan Scott, the Golden Age Green Lantern, whose weakness is wood, yeah. to be retconned as a gay character? Love like, it. That's just so... Loved it. It's so stupid. Yeah. No, because I remember at the time, like, DC was making some dumb decisions in terms of the, like, yeah, LGBT characters. And, like, Marvel was like, no, we got this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Marvel's had it for since, like, the 80s, I want to say. Well, yeah, I mean, um, is it North Star, I think? It's like, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the mutants. Like, he, at the time that they, w- like, DC wouldn't let uh, Batwoman and Maggie get married, North Star got married in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I've, I've actually been mean to go read um, 
the because Iceman is now gay and like he, there's he's a Sabi. I know he's got a solo series about him like going out and dating, and I guess he uses like the Marvel equivalent of Grinder. I'm like I'm very curious to go read that at some point oh and see what gosh. it's like. I could I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> Superhero Grinder. Sounds amazing. I know. Maybe you'd actually have interesting conversations with people. <laughs> uh, I'm sure if there's anything else we're talking about in terms of Maggie. Not really. Like, she she did get married to a guy, like, way back in the past and had a kid who, like, pops up in some stuff. But the the ex-husband maintains sole custody. That's part of the, the Batwoman story arc, too. Um, you should read this Batman. I actually have all that here. You should read that at some point. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There you go. Maggie Sawyer. Maggie Sawyer. Yeah. Season one of Superman. Exactly. We we did it. Yeah. Um, what you plugging this week? What am I plugging? I watched a very interesting movie the other day. There was it was fine. What what movie? It was called Leap, and it's the new oh, animated film. Okay. Yeah. And it's animation wise, it's a piece of garbage. Is it really bad? It's one of the. It looks like a college, like a like a college student film. Okay. Through most of it. Mm-hmm. I will say it does have redeeming factors. Okay. Like, I remember I, I remember plugging uh, Boss Baby a few months ago, probably back in, like, M- February or March. Um, yeah. And, like, that had some animation problems, but it was the DreamWorks style. Like, DreamWorks sure. has a very consistent style of animation. They do. This was, like, I could, I, they, so in, in a lot of 3D programs, they have kind of, basic characters set up for you already so you can just practice animation and rigging mm-hmm. and a lot of these characters felt like that okay like it was just the like there was something missing still in the style of the of, of it but to redeem itself uh if you don't know leap is about um an orphan girl and her kind of uh like an orphan boy they were in the same orphanage together they leave and they go to Paris in the mid 1800 or the mid 19th century, mm-hmm. so she can be a ballerina. Okay. Um, and as the redeeming factor, the dance scenes in this are great. Okay, so it's got um, something going for it at least. Yeah, and instead of focusing on like cinematography, like you see a lot of dancing films do, it's basically just a wide shot of the whole scene, and you get to see the entire animation or the entire kind of setup. Okay. Which is nice. It's, it's kind yeah. of a different change. Again, like I said, it feels like a college film. Um, but it was, it was great. And it was very pretty mm-hmm. stories. Okay. It's very young. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know how I felt. I felt very weird at the end of that movie because it just looked like gar- garbage. The story was okay. But like the last dance scene was really cool. You know what you could try doing is maybe go seeing not kids films in the theater. <laughs> when they make a non kids animated film, I'll go see it, Chris. I mean, that's fair. It is animated. Um, I can't hold you again. Th- this is this it. is this is my thought at the end of it. Um, this would have been an amazing TV movie. Okay. If you, I don't know if you remember this movie on Cartoon Network. Every Halloween, they had these two movies called Scary Godmother. Vaguely. Okay. V- again horribly animated okay it looks but you know this was i want to say 2004 was when it first came out it looks like garbage okay and it still does <laughs> that hasn't changed the, the animation hasn't gotten better <laughs> no no there's no nostalgia factor for the yeah. animation but like the stories are cute and i kind of put this in the same realm of those movies okay like it's a cute movie and if it was a tv movie like if this was just straight on like amazon or nickelodeon or cartoon network or disney 
it would have been amazing. I would have okay. loved it. But since it was a theatrical release, I think that I had an, a level, like an expectation for it that it just didn't come even close to. Oh, okay. No, that sucks. Mm. But, I, you know, watch it when it comes to streaming services. <laughs> Maybe when Netflix has it. Yeah. But it'll probably be pulled immediately. So, such enthusiasm for that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else? <laughs> Uh nope. What are you watching? Okay. Reading, I, listening I to. Finally watched the Defenders. Oh yeah. Yeah. How subpar did you think it was? I, I wouldn't even call it subpar. Like I was. It's fine. Like it's. I thought it was pretty good. I think that the last episode they made some just really weird, dumb decisions, and mm-hmm. they, like I feel like this. They, <laughs> the last episode. <laughs> I mean, but that's what became most apparent. Like okay. all the way along, I'm like, I think for me, um, they did a good job for the most part of like having the characters like banter off each other. And I thought like the way they kind of met each other was done pretty organically. Um, and just honestly, anytime they were all on screen together, it was just cool yeah. to see. It and they, felt really cool. It felt, and they had a good dynamic. And I think a lot of the dialogue was actually pretty well done. Um, but just by the time they got to the end, I feel like they, they kind of wrote themselves into some weird spots and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It started to taper out there for me and uh, especially the, the very end of it, there's some really dumb stuff. Um, but anyway, I mean, for what it was, I thought it was, it was fine. I very much appreciated that it was an eight episode season. I absolutely did too. If yeah. they tried to stretch it out another episode, it would have just gone so no. far downhill. No, no. I think they, they made a good call on that. Um, and like, and I would love for them to make all the rest of their stuff eight episodes. I don't think they will. Um, they'll probably keep doing 13. I don't know. I'm, I'm losing steam a little bit on the, the Marvel Netflix stuff. I think it's been pretty downhill since Jessica Jones. I still think that's the best one. Well, I thought Daredevil's season two was pretty solid. It was. I just don't think it lived up to Jessica. Jessica was the only one that I appreciated having 13 episodes for. I felt like even that one for me got a little dra- like dragged out. But yeah, I, I think I still think Daredevil and Jessica Jones are like their strongest properties. I think Mike Coulter as Luke Cage is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I, he was great in Jessica Jones. He's good in his own show too. Just that the half second half of that show is not that fantastic. And right. They don't know what to do with fucking iron fist. <laughs> like you just, I love that in this, they at least start to acknowledge that he's just kind of a whiny bitch through the whole thing. Oh yeah. And they kind of like poke fun at him a little bit and like incorporate it. That's, there's so many dogs, so many dogs, helicopters, so much going on around. Why did you move, Chris? I know. <laughs> just to make your we life had a good thing going. Just to make your life more difficult. That's the only reason I did it. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably watch The Punisher, but if it's kind of mad, I might. I might just stop. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because I never finished Iron Fist because it was just it's, it just again, got it's fine. Really watery, and it's, I was just kind of tired. It's fine. Yeah, they should just had him actually like fight the dragon, but whatever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there was a joke there. There was some uh, reviewer that I listened to. It's like for all these stories that he talks about fighting the dragon and all the flashbacks we had in Iron Fist, we never saw him fight that fucking dragon. No, we, we saw like his plane crash like so many goddamn times. Oh never my saw him God. Fight. I was so tired of that. I know. And I, I think Defenders was better than Iron Fist. Because um, we actually saw the dragon. Saw the, sorry, <laughs> it, was a, it was a skeleton, but it yeah. was still a dragon. It, you know, it's fine. For what it is, it's fine. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I watched this week. So right. maybe next week we'll both have watched or read something that we're actually nope. excited about. I, I will make that Not my, until the 22nd, Chris. I will make that my goal to try and find something actually exciting to talk about for the plugs next week. Maybe we'll actually like the episodes next week, too. This Hopefully. Is, we weren't really excited about anything at all this week, were we? But... 
Uh, we should start getting excited because I looked ahead. Ooh. And uh, next week will be the obviously the start of season two, Blast from the Past, parts one and two, with the uh, Legion of Superheroes. <gasps> Yay, I know them. And I just realized uh, I got to send out some messages because the week after that will be Speed Demons. Ooh. So we got to get in contact with the podcast of Two Worlds, our good friends Trevor and Chris, and see if we can get them on for that. Yeah. Also, I still need the message for getting Amanda about doing Batman and Harley. That's fine. I've you know, been, when we, when we don't busy. have our superhero movies, we really don't talk to them very much. I know, we don't. So, we, yeah, but hey, you know what? Two excuses <clears throat> to do some, some, some crossover hangouts. And then what? Um, I think we're going to try and do Kingsman. Yeah. We should. We should absolutely do Kingsman. Like I said, I'm not going to be excited until the 22nd, because that's when Kingsman comes out. So, so excited for that movie. So excited. I know. Uh, but until then, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod. On Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and I will try and put up some cool articles about uh, the animated series. Yes, Re- thank you for all the the new subscribers that we got. I don't know. Yeah, we we got a probably a good ten to twelve uh, for the anniversary. Yeah, I know. We've been getting a little bit of traction. It's really yeah. exciting. So, so if any of you guys are that. new listeners, thanks for listening. Yeah, if you made it this far, you appreciate it. Yeah, don't you don't have to bother with the back catalog, <laughs> except for the Comic Con episode's pretty good. I think yeah, that's probably one of our best ones. Um, uh, yeah, and I'm at Lord of Her on things. If you feel like you want to be interested in my life, which you shouldn't be, it's pretty boring. I moved. There you go. It's exciting. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Cam Dexter Adventure, Cam Dexter underscore Adventures, for my face and for my art. You can find me at Cameron Dexter. And you're actually doing some exciting shit. You, you're getting some more of your Disney animations up recently, which we we're yeah. talking about. You went and ran in the uh, the Disney. I did the 10k. 10k. Yeah. I was I was like a fit person. I know. Which has gone to shit this week. Ah, fuck it. It happens. Fine. It's over. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.